Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to... Taylor's fan club. I'm not a member. The co-host Meg has been at my door like a religious group trying to what's the word? Recruit. Yes. Not consult, but recruit. She's been trying to recruit me. I've tried to evangelize if we're going to be technical well, about it. That too. Proselytize, evangelize. Proselytize. All the rising. It's been going on. But today is an awesome Day, and it is today, and that's what this show's about. Not about knocking on people's doors to ask them if they know where their eternal soul will rest if they die today. It's important stuff. Look, but that's not what this show's about. You and I have accosted strangers, probably more so than you. I love to accost people, and no one better than a stranger. We've accosted strangers in the sincere hope of saving their souls with the question of where will you go if you die tonight? Yeah. Uh, we didn't even care so long as if they were a good person that we went to the place they went to. It was more of a self-look and like, where, where am I going? I don't know. Where are you going? Is it good? Can I go there? Um, I, what I was going to say is like if the universe brings people to our door to ask us that question, I do feel like it would be, you know, like sort of a balancing of a question. I like to answer and say, no English. <laughs> yeah, I believe you usually when you say that. <laughs> You, they would believe it if I threw a, a Ruski accent on it. I know you probably weren't going to ring this up. No, English. That was not Ruski. That was just <laughs> off the cuff, and it was poor. It should be edited out. It won't be, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everyone. I let you down. We didn't have in the notes, and you probably weren't going to bring it up, but I will. You were accosted by a stranger in a parking lot. I was going to segue to that. Were you? Yeah. Oh, no. We're on the same leaf. Was it That's yesterday? scary. Yeah, it was yesterday. yesterday. I love, I've mentioned this many times before. I'll never stop mentioning it. There are a few things in life more pleasing than going to the grocery store before it's full of riffraff. Mm-hmm. Before the matting crowd. That too. The matting crowd. The matting crowd. It's, it's matting. You know, you 
Hopefully, people will say maddening crowd, but the actual original line is maddening crowd. What's this from? Is this Shakespeare? It's a poem. Okay. Well, close enough. Far from the maddening crowd? You keep going. Uh, oh, look, it's it right okay, up on the well, goods. What is it? What, who, who, who said it? It is... Thomas Hardy's fourth published novel okay. and his first major literary success, Far From the Mad Crowd. It was published in 1874. There you go. That's why we know it so well. So, yes, I love to go Far From the Mad Crowd to the store. It's a delightful experience because, yeah, there, there's nobody there in your way effing about while you're just trying to get your few ingredients or your your full-on bulging cart of things. And trust me, I have a nice bulging cart. Oh That's my mission. <laughs> um, I love to do that. And so I've gone yesterday morning, which as we record, that would have been Saturday mm-hmm. morning, before 9 o'clock. Yeah. It's, it's magic hour. It's better than the witching hour. There was a, I'm going to guess and say, 73-year-old woman. Wow, you're that tuned to ages that you can just... Once people hit their 70s on point. Okay. Now, before after, I can miss by a decade. But for some reason, I have an affinity with the 70s. I don't know. Maybe yeah. because I was born in the 70s. I don't know. Anyway, this woman, and she was driving. She was every stereotype a 70-year-plus woman driving the crossover SUV that they all drive, all of that. In fact, I'm pretty sure that as I pulled down the road that I parked on, is it a row or an aisle? I think a row. Okay. Well, as I pulled, the parking lot. Yeah. As I pulled down that I saw somebody with their their brake lights on. foot was on the brake pedal, and I was like, oh, are, are, are you going to back out? And I slowed down, and I stopped into the thing. But then I abhor people who wait incessantly. And I, was, I gave it a five count. Okay. To happen, went on down, worked. And, in fact, then on my trip, I'm pretty sure it was her. Same person. Backs out in her stereotypical 70-year-old woman crossover SUV. Super slow. Super slow. Probably watching the rearview camera instead of looking around in mirrors and using, yeah. using eyeballs mm-hmm. to see things. Yeah. As she stopped... Reversing to begin going forward, I knew I could feel it. Something is afoot. She saw me. I saw her. Music played. A soundtrack played. Oh. She proposed marriage. What? No, that's not what happened. Oh. Uh, but I did see that she saw me. And then she was full-on 70-plus-year-old woman effort into getting the wheel turned. I'm making the hand motions. Nobody yeah. can see that. Just me. She was doing it. It's power steering. It's not like she was driving... 74 International Tractor or something. As she gets it straightened out, narrowly missing me with her front bumper, then she stops, pushes pushes the power roll down button on her window. I slowed down because I could tell she needs to do something. She's not going to feel fulfilled with life if she doesn't something. And hey, I'm here before the proper riffraff. I'm just here with the oldsters, the old skis. Yeah. So I slowed down to give her the chance, and she she got a window down, and she leaned out, white hair gently blowing in the slight breeze of Tallahassee, Florida, and said in a raspy old woman voice, Your beard is amazing! <laughs> and I gave the nod and the silent mouth, Thank you. 
and continued to walk in. She felt fulfilled. I felt seen and recognized. We both had our moment. And what a moment it was in the public's parking lot. I feel like you should start a collection of these uh, moments. Public's, public's parking lot moments? Yeah. Well, that brings up another one. Okay. And that was... Hmm. It was either a Friday. It had to have been Friday. No, because I didn't go Friday. Yeah. I don't know. It was later in the day, but it's been within the last couple of days. Okay. It was on the way back out. No. Okay, it, it doesn't was, matter. It was parked. Just another it thing happened. Parked. It does matter. Okay. How dare you? It matters to me. I'm trying to remember my life okay, that I lived. Oh, and I'm, okay. It's passing me by. <laughs> it's escaping me. Um, I'd park way deep in to the parking lot, way away from the door. And where I wanted to park, I couldn't park because there was a service vehicle of some sort mm-hmm. that had taken up somehow four spaces. They'll do it. And there was a there was a fella who was telling a story to his coworkers there about a an altercation, a confrontation mm. he'd had with somebody else who was wanting to be a lazy ass worker and was like, I thought you were the cool boss. Uh oh. And he was like, Well, I thought this and you should know better and he was really on his podium and pedestal yeah. about it all. That was I was another, I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of grocery store parking lot experiences. I don't know what that says about me as a as a man, as a human, as a whatever. Yeah, I feel like a grocery store park, parking lot. It it is um, a moment of a peek into true humanity. People are there. There are there you are, like to peek humanity? I do. I love to. It's my mm. favorite hobby. I've got pastime. some humanity to show you. <laughs> okay, that was weird. <laughs> Indeed, it was. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you've been publicly admired, accosted, yeah. but accosted for the purposes of admiration, not yes. evangelicals. Yes, yes. The 70-year-old women, if they were a bit more spry, they couldn't keep their hand off me. They just can't catch up. <laughs> He's moving too fast. When you're 70, I'll let you catch me. Okay. You're the only 70-year-old for me. Well, my hair looks like I'm well on its way. Oh, shut your Well on her way to 70. Hole. What you do have... Is a 19-year-old scar. Yes. <laughs> so, it is. That was a great segue. That was a great segue. Today, as we record, is the 19th birthday of our oldest child, Daisy. And as you pointed out earlier, not just Daisy's 19th birthday, but also the 19th anniversary of my first C-section. Right. That's right. It's not a small life event. It deserves a, a celebration. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, do you want to do you want to talk about your first childbirth and all the events and things? Um, it's not in the notes, but yeah, I, I'll give some highlights of it. I've told it so many times that I sort of bored with it. Well, so are you bored with me? No, but you were there. Was I? <laughs> yes. Was I actually there, or was I freaking the hell out? Well, both. You're actually there to freak the hell out. I, as I was recounting to you yesterday, of all of our children's births, Daisy's is the one where, starting the day before, I, I go back in time and I think, okay, on this day, on the twenty seventh of that of 2005, this is what I was going through because Daisy is the only child that I labored with, and I mm. have very, very specific memories of being in labor. Yeah, as one would. <laughs> Since I've only done it the one time. Um, but I have five kids, so 
the 27th of the day where we were scheduled to go into the little regional hospital. What were we already at that point? Two weeks past due? Ten days. Full, well, let's, let's round it and call it two weeks. Okay. So like, felt like a month past due. Fair enough. And I looked like a month past due, too. You were... I was rotund. No, I was great with child. Not rotund. I was great with you child. You were large. And in charge. Large. No. Okay. Well, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yes, we were scheduled to go in. We got bright and early. We were supposed to be there at 6, but they said, call first. Because, again, we're talking renal hospital. Yeah, and there were a lot of people trying to make baby, baby Entrances. births. Baby births, yeah. They'd call. already made the babies months, yes. months at a time. Call first because the baby's been in there so long that now we're getting concerned. But we would, we do want you to come in and see. You the know. last ultrasound looked like when you press your <laughs> face against the window. Yes. Yeah. All smashed in there. She did not want to come out. No, she did not. And so I called at six in the morning. And they were like, oh, so sorry. There's no room for you in the inn. Yes. Unless and, you're on a donkey. Yes. And so, but come in at. What was it like one or something? I feel like yeah, it was it was post the noon hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we'll do a, a, a non-stress test, and we'll see how the baby's doing. And a membrane stripping. Yeah, we'll strip the membranes. Very feral. It is very. It's a feral procedure. Having experienced it, I can tell you, it's a feral procedure. Um, so we did that. Now I was crestfallen. Happy breakfast, everyone. By the way. <laughs> We say it. Don't listen while you're eating. If unless, you have, yeah, a, if you have a queasy stomach, that. like yeah. people have a, a stomach of seal, they don't, they're not bothered mm. by our bodily stories, but others more on the fragile side of constitution. Anyway, I was bereft. I was crestfallen. I was hopeless. I had reached that point in pregnancy where I thought, this is it. I yeah. will be the longest living pregnant woman. Yeah, they effectively were like, not today. So we did go in. They said it that way, too. That's where we got to see the ultrasound with the, the baby's yeah, face. smashed. Smashed on the uterine wall. Yeah. <laughs> she was so thick. Oh, my gosh. Um, but they did. They, My doctor saw me and said, okay, blah, 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 and let's do a strip membrane situation and go home, and, and if you go into labor, you'll know yeah. and come back. Funny thing <laughs> about it. You know when it happens. So it was 1 o'clock when we had the appointment. So it was well into the early afternoon when we left. Where did we stop on the way home? It was a fast food place, and I don't remember. How could you forget was what a burger? Well, listen, there's a lot about that evening that gets mashed together in the insanity that I felt. Yes. So we got our... We got what our, a burger. We got our Not wa- water burgers. People say water burger, and if that's you, you're an idiot. I Fix s- your language. say water burger. There's no R in water. There's an R at the end of burr, well, in two places, in burr. And gur. That's why it's just easier to say water burger. No, stop it. Stop it now. You love a water burger. Shut your, <laughs> shut your water burger hole. So we got our, our burgs. We went home. I was genuinely like crying into my burger and fries. That's true. And the fries, <laughs> water burger fries are generally a little song anyway. You just said water burger. I said water burger. Okay. I was I'm crying into my food. You were like not knowing what to do do to help to comfort it's true i've rarely felt more helpless yeah but as the day progressed the afternoon turned to evening and i was like okay i think i think i'm in labor but we didn't go in yet and i have very specific memories of this i do too because my butthole was clenched tightly 
We lived in a townhouse apartment at the time, and I'm like, I think I just need to Next go. to a member of the Mexican mafia. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a true fact. story. That is a fact. Um, I was like, I think I just need to go lay down in bed for a while. It was a Thursday. Daisy was born on a Friday. It was a Thursday. Friends was on. Whatever came on after Friends now, I can't remember. But I remember as Friends was ending and it was going to the next show, I was like, I really think I'm in labor, and I asked you to call your sister. Because at that point, she had had four kids. Mm -hmm. Labor, delivery, all of it, with all four. And I was like, I don't know if I'm in labor or not. So you called her. You put me on the phone with her. And she was like, is it getting to where are the contractions feeling like you can't talk while it's happening? And as that was going on, I was like, yes. Except that you couldn't talk. So you were like, (laughs) She was like, okay, I, I think you're in labor. So we, you know, I had my bag packed for weeks. Yeah. I was ready to go. Yeah, because again, we were two weeks past due. Yes. Now, I do remember we got in the car. We go. We were like two minutes from the hospital, okay? Now, you took it as an invitation to no, listen. <laughs> hot wheel it over those two minutes to the hospital. I was freaked out. Yeah. I'd never, I'd never, only one time I ever made a baby and I'd never had we one We never before. baby daddied before. I'd never done it and I was freaked out. Thank God it was later in the day and traffic was light. Yeah. I I pulled up to a stoplight and treated it like a stop sign. <laughs> yes. Ran through. I was just, we got to go to the hospital. There's a baby. I don't know what to do. I was freaked out. By the time we got there, again, it was so close to our apartment. So we got there. We got checked in. They verified. It was like less than a, a mile. Like literally. We there. We got checked in. We they get me into a room, and by that point, the apprentice was on. And I remember getting settled in as Donald Trump's big face was on the screen. And uh, I, I don't know why I will always associate the apprentice with being in labor. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you know that was like what eight or nine in the evening, and I did just continue to just labor, labor, labor yeah. all through the night. They did epidural they did mm-hmm. all kinds of things you had a book did you actually read your book no i think i held it open and it's like letters and they mean nothing. <laughs> yeah exactly you read the same sentence like 18 right. times never turned the page <laughs> i i'm a little embarrassed why in that i fought as long and hard as i could to try to be there but then you wouldn't make the baby and i was tired and I fell asleep. Didn't want to. The chair was the most uncomfortable. I don't even know how I fell asleep in that chair. Most uncomfortable chair ever. Yeah. But I fell asleep. What's to be embarrassed about that? I think I even fell asleep after I got the epidural. Because I was not I was not there standing watch. Somebody <laughs> should always stay awake so that if the camp's attacked, okay. that somebody's like, Hey, everybody, wake up. The bad guys are here. Well... Regardless, eventually uh, all the laboring and everything, I wasn't progressing. And then not only that, but then right at the end, it got a little scary because yes. she had, was in distress. Yeah, and I had there had been a um, an infection that developed in the amniotic sac and. Things were a little scary. Happy so, breakfast once again. It's a little blurry for me, but then, you know, the next thing I know, they're having me crawl onto a gurney to yeah. get to the OR. Can you can you move your own pregnant ass over here? Cecil's not on duty yet, and he's the only one that can lift big gals. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like. 
Oh, my word. This was in San Marcos, Texas. There probably was a, a Cecil. Undoubtedly. In fact, there was Cecil 1 and Cecil 2. Cecil 2 was on cleanup. They did. They got me settled. It was it was an emergency C-section, and I don't want to make light of that. But I do remember my my second night in Shining Arm. Of course, you're always my first night in Shining yeah, Arm. So you say. But the second one came into drugs. my life. Yeah, well, the second one came into my life, and that was the anesthesiologist, and his name was Rocky. And I remember Perfect. Rocky so calming. I was freaking out. You were freaking out. No, no, no. And Rocky was like, which one of you wants the good stuff first? <laughs> Got enough for both of you. I will always remember Rocky was so soothing, so um, just, yeah. It's like, we're just, he talked me through everything. He had a very calming voice, a very calming presence. Have you ever known another Rocky besides him? No. I did. I went to school with one. Really? Did yes. he become an anesthesiologist in San Marcos, Texas? It's unlikely. Oh, okay. It's unlikely. Rocky grew up in a troubled household. Okay. But what he could do. He ran the 400 meter in track. This has nothing to do with anything, but this was the Rocky I knew. Okay. He ran the 400 meter in track, which is one lap around the whole track. Yeah. And he could trail. He could fall 200 meters bind. Mm -hmm. I watched it happen on multiple occasions. And something about that final 200, and especially the final 100... He would kick it in. He he literally looked like a horse running on two legs. Wow. And he would win. He never lost. Okay. It was insane. I don't think that's the kind of person that become an anesthesiologist. Okay. But if I'm wrong and it was the same Rocky, I apologize. And I thank you, sir, both for the team track medals that you helped win and for the baby you brought into the world. <laughs> So that was our very first rodeo in the OR, bringing a baby into the world. Yeah. Now, And your first C-section. Yes. And Daisy was born. Her her little Apgar scores were a little scary at first, but then they got her all, you know, warmed up and all of that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, your experience, you didn't know when we went into the hospital that you were going to be in a situation where your wife's innards were <laughs> no. removed from her body to get that no, baby yeah, out. Don't like that. Put him back. So you, you you learned in those moments the technique that would take you through the births of all of our children, which is do not, under any circumstances... Never look over the sheet. Don't look on the, over the sheet. Keep your eyes on the prize. Stay, stay, <laughs> stay back next to the wife's head, but don't look at her too much either, because you can tell there's bad shit going on. Just, like, give her a side eye and smile and nod, squeeze her hand, let her squeeze your hand. You stay in your lane, sir. Yeah. So, yeah, 19 years ago... I also remember that, uh, you know, baby's born, get us up to the room, all of the things, all the phone calls were made, all of the, everyone's excited. My sister drove over from Houston, where she lived at the time, um, Emily did, and she came in and saw, she walked into our room, our recover, uh, our actual hospital room, for, mm-hmm. uh, not just the recovery room, the actual room, and I'm holding Daisy, and she laughs about this to this day, she thought I was holding somebody else's baby, which would be very weird, because all she could see of Daisy is that she had this mass of jet black hair. Thicker than I've ever had on my head. And she just could not wrap her mind around. Her brain couldn't make sense of the fact that I... Irish uh, Meg. Yes, would have a child with a shock of black, black, black hair. It was wildly black (laughs) and thick and robust. Yes. If I could have the hair that she had at birth, you could not keep the 70-year-old women off of me. Yeah, it's true. 
It's so true. I don't think anyone younger would be interested, but the 70-year-old women, they, they've always liked me. And then you and Emily bailed on me and went to Herbert Taco Hut and had the good queso. What are you talking about? I do remember that, too. I will never forget. I am pretty confident you were like, oh, you guys should go. I did. I absolutely said that. Go to Herbert's, have some queso. You've earned it. It's like, whatever. I'm just going to drink it out of the bowl. I don't even think I had chips. And you don't even need chips with that queso. It's It's the best queso I've ever had in my whole life. And I've eaten a lot of queso. It used to be. It may not still be. It used to be. (laughs) It's very buttery, very cheesy. You literally, you could drink it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, Maybe I have. Maybe I have. Well, I hope everybody's enjoyed that little birth story revisit. Yes. Um, this past week, I... Gave birth. No. No. Those, the you birthing got preggers? Days. Well, I guess you could say I gave birth in a creative way. Okay. Good segue. I brought... An, I didn't even plan that. I brought a new creative endeavor into the world. I relaunched a newsletter that I had started last year. Newsletter slash blog. Okay. The project that I had started last year It's called, called Killing Casey. What? Casey Kasem. What? That's why he's dead now. No! He was a, he was a jewel. Casey Kasem. You killed him. <laughs> we just jumped timelines to a completely different reality. <laughs> um, no, I, last year I started a project that I had called Bejeweled, and it was going to uh, be all things it's Taylor not, Swift era's tour. It's not the game app where you move jewels around that's bejeweled is that also called bejeweled yes it is it's one of the first game apps i ever played i learned how to play it on the first phone i had that could play game apps while sitting on a toilet mind you in a women's restroom that's a whole nother story for another time no laws were broken well no prison time served okay I, I let that little project peter out over time last year, but having Peters into it, having been uh, given some time and space from all things creative, you you called this, you knew this was going to happen. Yeah. I can't not do a thing that's creative. It's true. So I, I revamped and revised and relaunched the newsletter. It's now called Gemini Wrongs. Oh, do you know why? Because you're a Gemini. Yep. And because my fellow Gemini, Steve Lacey, stole, not stole, no, how dare I, came up with the perfect album title name with his Gemini Rights album. Oh, so and you I, were like, uh-uh. Yep, that's exactly the sound I made. And I said, okay. Steve Lacey did Gemini Rights, but I'm here for Gemini Rights and Gemini Wrongs, if you know what I mean. And so... I launched it, and I feel really excited. It's been really well-received. The people of the awesome community... I know how many of them were interested in Taylor Swift, but hundreds of them signed up now that it's not Taylor Swift-centric anymore. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> like, literally, it went from, like, 200 subscribers to now I think I have over 700. And now I'm a little freaked out. Oh, okay. Well, you should be. Okay. Anytime anybody pays attention and enjoys what you do, you should absolutely shit the bed. <laughs> That's what I traditionally do. So yeah. I'm on the right track is what okay. you're saying. Well, you're on your standard track. I'm not saying it's the right one. <laughs> Um, hey, not only did I relaunch it, but Awesome Today fam member, very active member of Awesome Today fam, Karen, was like, yeah. hey. She felt inspired. Yeah, I've been meaning or to do this for a long time. Or she in her inspiration with yours. She, she launched her own. I'm going to give it a shout out here and link to it in the show notes for you guys. It's called Naked and Famous. Nope. No, sorry, Karen. Although that's a great name. It is a great name. Uh, Naked and Angry. 
Karen's Substack newsletter is called Using My Words. Okay. So it is on the Substack, and I will link to it in the show notes if you guys want to go see what wisdom and word artistry Karen has for you. And I'll link to Gemini Wrongs as well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. Okay. I like, I like Karen. I've met Karen in real life. Yep. She came to my house one time. That's right. I didn't even know. Not unannounced. We knew I didn't even coming. know. You knew. I didn't know. I came downstairs and I was like, Jesus, I don't have pants on. <laughs> I had to run back upstairs. That part's not true. Um, she's been to my house. I've met her. She's a delightful, delightful human being. And I've engaged with her, I would even say extensively. Extensively. In the, in the Facebook group. World. That caters to this particular show. Yeah. She's a delight of a human. She's full of insight and wisdom. And if I were the type of person that reads Substacks, I would read hers. I'm not and I won't. And I make no apology for that. But if I were going to, I'd read hers. And maybe even before I read yours. Because, not because I don't respect and like what you have to say, but you... You tell me everything that you write. Yeah. So I feel like I don't I don't have to read it. I lived it. <laughs> it's different. Yes. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody can tantalize me with a a uh, what's it called uh, headline uh, an article title. Yeah. Maybe I'll read one, but I'm not going to actively pursue it. But I think other people should. Okay. Do do what I say, not what I do. In in your to to further say. You don't read them regularly, but when I hit publish on the first post, coming back and announcing that I'm coming back to writing a little bit. Guess who's back? I said, guess who's back, back again. I don't know the rest of the lyrics to that. You're on your own. I sent you the post, and you read it, and you said yeah. that I was an ass kicker. Yeah. Did it, did that surprise you? No. You didn't know? No. That you like you drop kick asses out of the sky? Ooh. It's quite acrobatic. Wow. Okay. Which is impressive for somebody with four C-section <laughs> things going on, that you're still drop-kicking ass out of the sky. Um, you've kicked ass, even today, making the best chicken you and I have ever eaten. Okay. That's not unfair. That's not untrue. Tell the story of it. <sighs> what, what, what do you call it? Scallopini? Yeah. Okay. I, I give a lot of credit to... Chef Billy Parisi. Yeah, fake Babish slash Chef Billy Parisi. That's his real name, and he deserves to be called by his real name. I just, uh, when I can't remember his name, I'm like, because I only remember Babish. Yeah. Fake Babish. But he's better He's better than Babish. Oh. He is. <laughs> okay. Even though so many of Chef Billy Parisi's recipes are like, hey, get ready to spend an eternity in the kitchen. I don't always want to. Nobody always wants to, right? Right. I went after a specific thing today. It was a mixture of a couple of his. He's done chicken scallopini. So that's, uh, you take chicken breast, you get the mallet, you beat the hell out of it. And that part's quite enjoyable. You do a little, a little S&P, a little salt and pepper, maybe a little garlic on those raw chickens. Raw chicken's disgusting. Yes. So you do that. That's like the that's the chemical bath to kill the other chemical bath that's been through before you owned it. Sure. Unless you have your own live chickens and you you did the whole thing. And if you don't mind my saying, these were not just chicken, I might mind, I don't know. These were not just chicken breasts, they were chicken uh tenderloin. It's true. They were what should turn into chicken strips. Yes. But I still 
beat the shit out of him with a mallet. And thankfully you did, because that is seems to be step number one, delicious chicken. you got to be careful, and I know this from today's experience. If you get too aggressive, you destroy it. Uh-oh. <laughs> you destroy it. There's, it's like it's chicken mush. you okay. got to be careful. Okay. You gotta be, it's not like a whole Don't chicken breast where you can just go to town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to be a little bit slower with your roll. Okay. You, you you want it thin. Mm-hmm. You could do this with chicken. With you could do it with beef. You could do it with veal, with lamb, with things. And I feel like everybody already has for all of history. Mm-hmm. You pound it out thin. You do your original salt, pepper, and or garlic. What I did differently today that I'd never done before. Yes. But following, at least in part. Chef Billy Parisi's guidance. I had three, what, little Pyrex cooking trays yes. as my setup station. One was seasoned flour, mm-hmm. salt, pepper, garlic, oregano, paprika. Mm-hmm. Then you had the egg wash. Yeah. Then the panko. Yes. Or breadcrumbs of whatever kind you desire. But also seasoned salt, pepper, garlic, paprika, oregano. Into the panko. Mm-hmm. So it's a double shot. It's a triple shot. It's a triple shot because you season the chicken. Yeah. Then you will go into seasoned flour. Then you do the egg wash. Then you do the seasoned flour. Oh, you season the chicken. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so it is a triple shot. Yeah. Wow. No wonder it was so tasty. No wonder everybody was drunk at the end. (laughs) What? Three shots. Drunk on oregano. Yes. And the S&Ps. Yes. What I did very differently this time was, so all the chicken got salt, pepper, garlic and it's just laying there all beat to hell and flat and salt, pepper, garlic. I got my skillet going, oil, all the things. Got it up to temp, got it ready. I knew it was ready because I dropped a drop of water in there and it exploded on the stove. And I was like, that's too hot. So I had to turn it down. I'm not a pro, as they say. You aren't a pro, but you're not a novice. And also, you and I both, especially you, still learning how to use the glass yeah. Cooktop as opposed to gas. So, it's I mean, very there's, there's some. If it's too hot, it takes a while to cool down, yeah. even though you turned it down. There's a learning curve there. Yeah. What I did differently this time is I waited and I only went through the, the flour, the egg wash, the panko with the things that were immediately thereafter going into the skillet. Nothing more. Yeah. Just those in my skillet could fit three. So, yep. I did three. Bam. Got them in there. They were so thin, I only did about a minute. <gasps> Seriously? Yeah, a minute on each side. Dad gum. And even that, I was wrestling with the temperatures. Even that was a little much. Okay. Then those came off, and then next three, flour, egg wash, panko, in. No rest time. They get soggy. They get weird that... Things happen, and I know this because that's been my past. Yeah, your past frustration. Frustration. In fact, my past method and frustration. Yeah. yeah. So that that was how we did this batch, and they came out. Looked good. I've never had. I'm a chicken failure in the past. I know this. Me too. Especially now. Well, thanks. No, no. I know that I'm a no. chicken failure. No, no. You're, no. Not, you're you not. You were like, failure. no. I knew you were a chicken failure. You. Chicken bastard. No, I, I can't cook chicken to save my Whose life. Whose side are you on? I'm on your side. I can't cook chicken or white potatoes to save my life. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
they're, they're my two Achilles heels of uh, cooking. Maybe, maybe. You make pretty good potatoes. Um, you make amazing gravy. Anyway, this this chicken was so... It, was, it wasn't just moist, it was juicy. Yep. And it wasn't... It wasn't more than a quarter of an inch thick no. at the thickest points. It yeah. was juicy. Yes. It was crazy. It was juicy and delicious. And then also the coating, the breading is what I should have said. The yes. breading the was panko also was for real. so crisp. And so you had this perfect blend of texture. It was so tender you could pretty much cut it with a fork if you wanted to. That's all I used. I didn't even use you put a knife out there. I was like, I don't I don't need a knife. Yeah. So tender, but also so crunchy with the panko on the outside. It was just fantastic chicken. And then because of the 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 triple shot of salt, pepper, garlic, paprika, oregano the flavor. The flavor was insane. It was so good. So good. Everyone devoured. Jake yeah. went back for more immediately. Yeah. Now, side, second recipe from Chef Belly Parisi. Uh-huh. He makes a fettuccine Alfredo. Now, he makes his own noodles, and I'm not that cool yet. Mm-hmm. I will be eventually. I'm not. He makes his own noodles, and I'm... I'm jealous, okay? I have noodle envy. <laughs> we we can't do that yet. We will. But he does an Alfredo sauce. And he actually references what I've done in the past as an Alfredo sauce. As, I think he called it... Bellyache. Bellyache noodles or bellyache belly- Alfredo. Yeah. I can't remember. And I was like, hey. And then you were like, well, okay, kind of. So he, he he will take a stick of butter, and I think it's, you look it up on your own, I think it's three quarters cup of grated parm. He takes the stick of butter, he cuts it into little sexy pieces, puts the parm in the bowl. Then you take your noodles. When your noodles are done, whether they're homemade or not, you put those on top of that, you dump in half a cup mm-hmm. of starch water from the noodles and you mix it all up and it's super light yeah it's not bellyache pasta it's super light it's creamy it's buttery it's good so good he garnishes with i think chives and oh, yeah. uh a little bit more parm and that was what that was what J.K. got the seconds and I think even thirds of was the noodles. Oh, did he? I thought he got chicken too. He got also got chicken okay. later, but that was after the second serving of noodles. Yeah, it was. They're super simple. Super simple. Yes, it was a delightful Sunday afternoon feast. So good. I just I can't quit raving about it. So, and I'm glad I loved it. I even I did a I don't know I did some weird things and the noodles weren't pristine, but they tasted good. When yeah. all was said and done, they tasted. There was a lot of angst along the way, but they ended up tasting good. Yeah, for sure. Now that even though we are eating it on uh, Daisy's birthday, she's already gone. She's been and gone. Yeah, yeah. But last night she came over for her birthday dinner. She said. I want this, but then she also said, "She's I want this such and such thing, but I trust Dad, whatever Dad makes. Yep. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. She said, I think she said carne asada. Well, first she said, I want tacos. And yeah. then you're asking her questions like, well, okay, yeah. the tacos can be a lot of things. What kind yeah. of tacos do you want? And that's when she said she wanted carne asada. And then, Which is grilled, I believe. Yeah, that's like a grilled steak. Mm-hmm. And so... But I went with carne gasada. Yeah. With a G. And I'm probably humiliating myself with my bad Latin pronunciations of things. Well... I don't care. And I think we've talked about your carne gasada before because it's when, mm-hmm. it's my most viewed TikTok on my personal account. Really? Like thousands of views. People have... Even today, somebody saved that recipe. I always get a notification when somebody saves okay. that or saves any TikTok. But that's the only one that people save. It's got thousands of views on it. Um... It's really delicious. Carne asada is super easy, but it does take some time. It's like a Mexican or Tex-Mex beef stew. Kind of. Kind of. Of sorts. Kind of. Well, let's talk about it. I would say go buy, go buy the cheapest beef available. Okay. Whatever's on sale. Whatever, whatever's just like, that's the lowest price. But not ground beef. Not ground beef. No, no it's got to be muscle meat. Yeah. Muscle meat. So it could be stew meat, it could be a roast, it could be weird steaks that are coming up on their due date and they need a C-section. And they're 10 days past. They're 10 days past, yeah. Any, any slab of beef muscle meat works. Yeah. Because all that you're going to do is cut it up into bite-sized pieces. You're going to season it, salt, pepper, garlic, maybe oregano, definitely cumin. Yeah. Or cumin? I don't know. How do you say it? I say cumin. Okay. What do I know? Well, I don't know what you know. I'm no chef. Are you going to tell me what you know, or should I go ahead? I mostly do tell you what I know. You don't believe me, but... Eh, most of the time, we're lacking receipts. That's... is a thing you should be mildly ashamed of. But that's another <laughs> episode altogether. Season the hell out of the beef. You can even put coffee grounds on it, which I have in the past. One thing, I did it this time, I've done it in the past, but I haven't always done it, is you also throw in some flour. Mix your meat all in there, and then, this is the pain in the ass part. You you want to brown, you want to sear all sides of the meat. Yes. Depending on how much you have, and we typically cook a lot because we have a lot of people. It could take multiple skillets of effort. (laughs) Just whatever crappy oil... Or fat that you have available. I used a combination of canola oil and bacon fat because I'd also cooked some bacon 
to go into some other things, into the potato salad. You do all that. You get that part done, it sets to the side. You Then you're going to do, and this is, this is arguable, this is one of those recipes that everybody's got their own opinion. Of course. I like to use sweet onion, pepper, uh, like a bell pepper. Okay. And celery. Yeah. The, the bell pepper, that one people will argue about. Nobody uses celery. I use celery. Uh, kiss my ass. I like it. I use celery, okay? <laughs> okay, baby. I'm fine with it. It tastes delicious. So you get that going in the fat. You, you start to get some translucency, some things. You get your meat back in there. You get some broth in there. Ultimately, what you're doing, and this is why the worst cut of beef is still okay, is you're braising. You've seared it first, now you're going to effectively braise, boil, simmer, whatever, meat forever. Yeah. Couple hours. Yes. Whatever the cut of beef was that was terrible, it's going to be tender at the end of this. It's going to be fork tender. It's going to be, I don't have any teeth and I forgot to put in my false teeth, but I can still chew it. Yes. And it works and it's good. That is a good carne asada, which traditionally you can have in tortillas mm-hmm. or on mashed potatoes. Right. But I revisited the potato salad. Yes. That we talked about an Last episode week. or so ago. Yes. Yeah. And so we had all of that and it was amazing and the birthday child, that was the true birthday feast. Oh, and yeah. she was just like <gasps> That's the best food I've had since the last time I visited here. <laughs> she was very happy. Very, yes. very happy. Everyone was. Which makes me happy. Yes. I like when people like my food. Yes. And we did have some leftovers. Not not as much as you might have thought. That's We rarely have as much as I thought we should. Because everyone eats it. And it is delicious. And that was very good. And the chicken, though. The chicken's crazy. Yeah. Chicken scallopini. I don't know. I don't know. Do we need to make a video? I don't know. We can make it. I feel like that's a lot of work on your part because I'm not going to do shit other than cook. Maybe next time I'll make a video. It's not that hard. We'll see. It was delicious. And it's easy and it's not that expensive. Both of those dishes, the carne asada, the chicken scallopini, these are cheaper, cheaper things if that's a focal point either out of necessity or just out of pleasure because sometimes you just take pleasure in being like, I beat the system. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. F you, system. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of giving anyone the old F you, I continue... For university, F (laughs) you. Continue my journey through a decade-old, over a decade-old television programming. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. From... uh, Chef Gordon Ramsay. However, this time instead of watching the Kitchen Nightmares, which is it's pretty repetitive after yeah, a while. I mean, you yeah, know what's it's gonna a, happen? It's a what do they call it? Formulaic. Uh, yeah. Reality TV. I feel like there's another word. It's okay though. You're thinking of procedural. That's it is a procedural. Yeah. In its own way. Thank you. You've satisfied me <laughs> and the listeners like only you can. So we went back and started watching Hotel Hell. Yeah. Which was a 20... Who even knew? Gordon knew about hotels. I, he has a degree. In His hotels. His first degree is in hotel management. 
his first degree. I love it when people say my first degree is yeah. in whatever. That's a real pretentious a-hole statement. You, like you don't throw it around. My first degree <laughs> is in phys ed. Is in phys ed. Oh, you think you need some physical education, do you? If I had multiple degrees, I would I would whip that phrase out every chance I got. What if they were in stupid things like I'd phys ed? I'd still do it. You'd still do it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I'll try to up my game. Yeah. To satisfy you, you insatiable C-section woman. <laughs> okay, gross. Um... We've been watching the old episodes of Hotel Hell. There was a number of seasons of this show. Instead of on, you know, on Kitchen Nightmares, they go into a restaurant that's failing and uh, see what Gordon Ramsay can do to turn it around. Spoiler alert, rarely happens. Hotel Hell, he goes into the hotel. What's going on? Why does this hotel need to be safe? Why does your hotel suck? Yes. I personally actually prefer Hotel Hell. I think really? that the characters are more interesting. I think that the okay. solutions they come up with are more interesting. I don't know. I just, I find it to be I could see that. a more entertaining I could show. I see that. Because every solution there is unique. Yes. To the locale. Thank you. Yes. It wouldn't, what worked this week won't work necessarily next week. Exactly. And watching, binging through multiple episodes of Kitchen Nightmares, it's almost always the same problem. They have too many dishes, no specialization. They're using frozen ingredients. They mm-hmm. need fresh. They need mm-hmm. a streamlined menu where they can serve fresh ingredients in a way that's profitable. But Hotel Hell, these... And a few people that are like, why in the hell are you even here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hotel Hell is, it's like you said, it's very location dependent. What's going to work to save a charming country inn in Vermont is not going to be the same as in downtown San Diego. Yes. What, what's one of your... Keynote episodes, your favorite episodes. Well, me personally, I did love the Applegate River Lodge. Okay. This is in Oregon. 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 Oregon donor. And Shell. Awesome Shell. Shell's ears just perked up. Pronunciation like, expert. How many of times do Oregon. I have to tell these idiots how to say it? Every time, Shell. Every GD time. <laughs> we'll never remember. So the Applegate River Lodge is run by a very fascinating family. Oh, yes, it is. There's a there's technically co-owners. Yeah, used to be married. Used to be married. They are they are now exes, but they still but live together on property. Run not in this the same place. bed. Not nope, the same no, no, room. No, no, no. In fact, the dad of the family, Papa is, Butt. Yeah, Paw Butt. Paw Butt. Yes. Yes. He. Uh, is marginally involved, but he's they, they show up on the television screen that he's a big pot smoker. 2013. This was in 2013. 2013. I know, I know Oregon has had the liberal law, laws, laws around marijuana for a long time, but I mean, they are straight up showing his, yeah. his medicinal herbs. He's like got he a jar about. full of... Yes. Yeah. He tries to get Gordon to... Like a gallon pickle jar full of weed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there's yeah, that guy. Yeah, he wants Gordon to cook with it. Yeah. But he, but the guy, Paul Butt, he's completely uninterested in running that place. Anytime somebody starts to say, like, hey, from a business perspective, he's like, whoa, 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 <laughs> this is not a business. Yeah, he literally says, this is a business to me. I just like living here and hanging out. The vibes are chill, and I like it like that. His now, name is Paul Butt, yes. according to him. Yes. And the the, the oh, place pie. that he stays in on property, he calls the Butt Hut. <laughs> 
That's so he's true real fact. serious about life. True facts. Now his um, long-suffering ex-wife is the one who's trying to run this place and make it work. She's the only one that can do financial math. Yeah. She's got two sons that are also running various parts of it. Anyway, I just I think that the whole thing is so fascinating, especially the family dynamic. I think that the location is gorgeous, and yes. you even went on and on about how beautiful their location is. It's a very right. and it's a true lodge. It will, and they they go through intermittently in the episode. They they highlight that before he was Paul Butt, and before they were divorced and all of that, that they literally felled the trees, stripped them of bark, and built this oh, I missed that log okay. cabin lodge. They they yeah. freaking grinded it out, sweat, blood, and tears, and they physically built wow. this monstrously beautiful place. Yeah. Which yeah. I could get after all of that why he's like, it's not a business. I yeah. just want to smoke weed. Yep. And that's mostly what he does. That's all that he does. I just, they even tell him here, go smoke your medicines. Yep, exactly. Get out of here. we got to talk about business. I really liked that one. Another one I really liked that was very touching. Most of them are not. Most of them you want to absolutely just like wring the necks of the people that are on there. But there's yep. one from season two that we just watched. And I think it's called the Hotel Chester. And it's in Starksburg, Mississippi. 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 Starksville. I'm sorry, Starksville. Wherever Mississippi State is. Starksville? I, I don't recall. I bet it's Starksville. Um, and is it the last train to Clarksville? Not, I don't think so. That's a song, I believe, or lyrics to a song. Anyway, this couple, they're so sweet. The guy who, he co-owns it with his wife, he had a whole career in hotel restaurant management. He was the guy who, he was the fixer that hotels would bring in to turn around a failing business but then was he I was, awake during this no episode? you mostly didn't watch okay, this one okay um but then he was in a traumatic terrible car accident almost died was left with debilitating injuries and when that happened this cute little hotel it absolutely went downhill but this was one episode of hotel hell where the the co-owners are so sweet and so sincere, and they've just... That Gordon didn't even get shitty with them? No, he barely even raised his voice. He was... Good for him. He was really kind and really could... He he wanted to just turn the thing around. And so, anyway, I love the Hotel Chester episode, too. Nice. But you have a favorite, too. Well, sort I don't of. know if it's a favorite as a much as it is something that just I can't get out of my brain. And we're like two seasons in. There's, yeah. there's several more to go. It was the Monticello Hotel in... Was it Longview? Yep. Washington. Washington yeah. State, not yeah, D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this one, the backstory is like, what? So the owner currently then, is it out now? You always like to look. Are they done now? I do believe that it did. Either it closed or he sold it. Okay. He's not currently operating it. So the guy... At least as the episode plays, that was the owner. When he was eight years old, his mother worked at this hotel. It was it is it was the attraction, the identity yeah. of Longview, Washington. Yeah. And it is a gorgeous yes. old four plus story mm-hmm. wow hotel. Yeah. 
he's eight, his mother works there, he's loved this place his whole life. He goes to work there himself as a bartender. Right. And in his 30s, as the story goes, he falls in love with the current owner, who's in her 60s. Yep. Now, this seems a little suspect to me. A little sus, as the kids little say. little sus. I've been a 30-year-old man. It's been a while, but I've been a 30-year-old man. And a 60-plus-year-old woman, maybe... Even if she compliments your beard? Maybe... Except that she owned the hotel he'd wanted to own, and that felt a little questionable. Yeah. He ends up marrying her. She passes away. He inherits the hotel and... Millions of dollars. Yes, over $10 million as well. And so here he is owning it and doing things. And then, very strangely, fascinatingly... His next love interest is another woman who, at whatever age he is at that time, is also 30 years his senior. And I'm like, what? Yep. What do you do? What's going on here? I don't know. That part was never explained. No. It's an incredible, like I said, over four plus stories tall, incredible hotel. There's only four suites. Right. That are, that are, Rentable? What, yeah. Do you what do you do? Rent a hotel room? However that works. Yeah. The rest of all of the rooms bookable. are fill, bookable. They're filled with accumulated bullshit of he and his former and his new and I love interest. I miss this part. Is it? It's not even like antiques and stuff, isn't it? Like their personal. It's just bullshit stuff? from other properties and stuff. Like hey, we, and. The four rentable, bookable suites are furnished with shit from their other properties. Yeah. So, in this season, at least, of Hotel Hell, one of Gordon's favorite things to do is to hand out glasses and then turn a black light oh, yeah. on the mattresses and show all of the stains, the human genetic stains all over everything, but in this particular episode, because those were mattresses from... His personal home. Yeah, it was like, he made some choice comments about the fact that this was Philip's... Semen! Semen babies on the mattresses. Oh it was pretty... It was pretty invasive. Hey, speaking of something else that... Gordon, Happy breakfast, everyone. Something else Gordon likes to do on Hotel Hell. Show his ass. Yeah. Literally. Multiple episodes every, where he shows no, like, his naked ass. Every episode, it shows his naked butt as he's getting into a bathtub or a shower. He's, like, he's not a young man. So. He's not a young man. No, this was 10 years it's ago. Not a, it's not a plump, voluptuous no. buttocks. <laughs> like, every episode. Even if... Because sometimes it's like he's trying to make the point, like, oh, this bathtub's too small. Who would want to get in here and enjoy, like, yeah. a luxurious bath? But even when that's not necessary... Yep, he's just like, now. now's the time where we show my ass. I'm so desensitized Ugh. to it now that I just have to laugh. Yeah. It's like I want a Christmas ornament with his butt cheeks on it, I guess. I don't know. It's so funny. Anyway, that, you know... It's a good show. If you don't mind Gordon's butt cheeks and some and who would weird things, oh, who is that what you're into now? Yeah, that's okay. what I'm watching. Well, I guess I need to stop exercising. 
Let's not kid anybody. I wasn't exercising anyway. Oh, that's good stuff. Um, okay. I don't know how to transition. Well, this. paranormal. Some of the hotel episodes. Oh, of course. There's paranormal Supposed things. ghosts there. Supposed or real, I don't know. We have. A... We've, we've mentioned the paranormal activity yeah. in this place. We've yeah. mentioned it in other places, too. Yeah. <clears throat> this is why I can't, I guess, I can't stop living in historic homes because I just, you I like don't it. know. Yeah, like I do. It. it keeps you company. You know what I mean? Two days ago, as we record, you had taken the boys. Yep. AJ was still upstairs and just beginning to stir because it was early afternoon and she lives, <laughs> she lives that kind of life. <laughs> it's fine. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not upset like prior generations would have been yeah. with me. You'd left, and I was like, you know what, I'm I'm going to go do a meditation. I like to do meditations. And oddly, in this home, that is when the paranormal most wants to be present, present in my life. Yes. So I'd gone back to our bedroom. I've got a little eye mask thing on. I'm, I don't feel very manly admitting this, but that's what I was doing. I had an eye mask on. I'm doing my meditation. And I... I lose track of time as that's going on. And it wasn't like I went back there as soon as you left. I, have, I often struggle with time. It's a construct, if you will. Anyway, I'm midway into the meditation. And is this right? Let me think about this in terms of sequence. No, I think... I was getting ready to meditate, and then I was like, Ugh, Oh, yeah, and you... Yeah. I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah. So I'd gotten up, I'd gone to the bathroom, I'd come back. I left the bedroom door open. Yeah. And then I laid down and mask and all the things and started to meditate. Then I hear, midway through the meditation, I hear, it's a it's a wood floor home, hollow underneath, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's not like on a cement foundation. Mm -hmm. And I hear the thunderous feet of my Nico come running into the room. Boom, 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 boom. And it disturbs me, but I'm fighting hard to stay in the sweet spot of meditating and quietly leaves all that stuff. I get done with the meditation. I take the mask off. I'm waking up to the real world. The bedroom door is closed. And I'm thinking, ah, well, you know, he came thundering in. Then he realized, oh, don't mess with Dad. And he <laughs> quietly closed the door and left. And so I get up and I go into the house and I don't, I don't see my people anywhere and I'm I start looking out the windows all around this house has a 360 degree yard I'm looking through all the windows like where are the people I've heard they weren't here none of y'all were here yeah I texted you and then was like oh then wait there's a story later because I knew well, you at that point you weren't home you texted and said huh? did you come home and then leave again and right we were at the a big park downtown and I was like no we've been here the whole time why and you're like, oh, I got a story. I'll explain later. Well, so while you were gone, and I made all these discoveries, I went upstairs and I was like, AJ, did you come downstairs? She's like, no, I've been up here. The, I've not come downstairs since yesterday. <laughs> I've been asleep. I think she'd showered and done yeah. something, but she'd not come downstairs. And so, yeah, something thundered into the bedroom and then closed the bedroom door all while. Things messing with me when I try to meditate. I can't explain it. It's not threatening. It's its own version of yeah. just weird things. Just playful. It was strange. It is. It is. I don't know what to do with it. 
I'm not upset by it. No. But it is, it's very aggressive. Uh-huh. The thundering of the feet, that was unmistakable. I could f- not just hear it, I could feel it. Yeah. It's yeah. a weird thing. It is a weird thing. It is an interesting thing as well. We also spent some time this week listening to a very interesting interview mm-hmm. on the Sean Ryan show. We've mentioned Sean Ryan show I in the past. Talked about him in the past. Yeah, he's a former uh, special forces military guy. Mm-hmm. I believe he was a Navy SEAL. Yeah, that's. And right. then worked as a contractor mm-hmm. through one of the companies that does so for I think CIA is who he contracted for. He has a podcast. It's interesting. It's very long form. Oh, very long form. Hours long. Yeah. If that's your thing or somebody you know that's their thing, it'd, yeah. be, it'd be good. Well, he had a guest on that you actually kind of got a teaser to. Yeah. I saw a teaser that was talking about all the hidden knowledge of Egypt. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I've always thought, for all the things I've heard, I've always thought. Something's going on there that we don't know about. And as I pointed out to you, like, there's people whose actual degree field of study is Egyptology. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't hear that about it's other... Different. It's different than Scientology. N- yes. Let's make that clarification clear. Um, clarification. You know what I mean. Clarification. Okay. He had a guest on named Billy Carson. I'd not heard of Billy Carson, but he has a prolific well, uh, presence. According to Billy, at least... Yeah. And I've not come across anybody that's argued. He's, He's the leading expert of ancient tablets. Yes. Yes. He's in, his, in all the land. He's written books. He's got his own podcast. He's got all kinds of all resources. Kinds of things. Um, Forbidden knowledge is yeah. oh. what he it is the moniker that he resides under. Um, or 4BK. I'll, if you want to get hot shit and abbreviate things. And he does. I didn't make that up. Okay. I will link to this episode if you all want to go listen. But one thing that was super interesting, right off the bat, he and Sean get into talking about how all of a sudden we have this kind of branch of the military. This well, it's space a branch. Force. Space Force is real. That's okay. a thing. And Billy's theory on it is quite compelling. So... There's there's the nod, the realization, like, I mean, think about how many headlines and, and things as of late have been, oh, we're not arguing anymore about the presence of UAPs. In the last handful of years, it's everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And we have, quote-unquote, whistleblowers and stuff testifying in front of congressional groups. and Yeah. We're not arguing anymore. About whether or not it happened. Right. Even if it was all the way back to Area 51 or before. Right. Yeah. Now it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a thing. Well, his perspective, and it's interesting because it's both and. Mm-hmm. He's saying, oh, absolutely. It's real. Yeah. And it's happening. But also the formation of Space Force. It's, it's a little conspiracy theory if you like that kind of thing. I do. Yeah. You do. Yeah. Love it. It's both hands. So it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's aliens. There's there's stuff out there that we've known about for a while. But also the creation of Space Force, 
while it serves a purpose within all of that, it is also to create a new avenue for government spending in black ops, which are not reportable, mm-hmm. whatever, to continue. So it's just another way for your shady-ass elected congresspersons to continue to funnel money towards shit that they don't have to reveal what they're spending it on, which is actually probably pretty heavily tilted towards their own pocket. Yeah. Other stuff, too. But that's just scratching the surface. Now, he's he's a little out there. Yeah. Billy Carson is. Yeah. Um. But if you're if you're even lightly into that kind of thing, or even just amused by it, you'll you'll definitely enjoy this episode. It was really good, very compelling. Not like, a sponsor, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> not like a certain uh, warehouse club that yes. shall not be named. All the warehouse clubs right now are fighting over who gets <laughs> to be our sponsor. I'm playing slow and coy. It's just, it's real. We listened to it over, you listened to it yourself, and then you were willing to re listen with me over the course of a couple of evenings. Just we may listen there. again. Yeah. Um, if you do like or you're entertained by, or you are interested in pursuing more alternative understandings of mm-hmm. this reality that we inhabit, or you just want to know what do the wackadoos believe? Yeah. Well, However you want to view it, I don't think he, I don't think he's a wackadoo. Yeah, I don't think he's perfectly right. Okay, either. Yeah, but it's a good exposure to a different perspective. One last thing I wanted to mention: it's, this is part. You're of You're offended. Do you think he's spot on? No, but I I I do need to embrace the fact that some of the beliefs I hold are wackadoo, and one of those things is that I I enjoy looking into some astrology stuff. Oh. And I want to differentiate that between... astrology? Yeah. I, I don't actually ever read, like, daily horoscopes or weekly horoscopes. But you or, don't exactly not read them. I don't care about the predictive part of astrology. I know that's a big thing for a lot of people. I like the classification systems. Okay. So do you... So there are some people that like the predictive portion Tell me if I'm wrong. It sounds like what you're saying is you like the explanation portion. Yeah, totally. Oh, this shit just happened. Why'd it happen? And it's, oh, because Not even, Venus in well, yeah. Uranus? I, I guess that part is interesting, but I don't even listen to that as much or, or check that out, read it as much as I like to look at things like, for example, a natal chart and okay. see which planets... We're giving what energy in what spaces of the the sky when a person's born. I think that's okay. wildly fascinating. And I've yet to come across an understanding of a person. Um, I really only know the natal charts of people in our family because that's to know someone's natal chart, you have to know the minute they were born and where they were born. So it's more than most everybody knows their sun sign because those are easily found and understood. Anyway, this week I got real into looking at my actual natal chart here. Let's let's bring it up and look at it. Bring it up. 
I came across a TikTok, of course I did, mm-hmm. uh, talking about if whether or not you have a stellium in your natal chart. What is a stellium? Okay, I'm so glad you asked. A stellium is when you have a cluster of planets, like three or more planets in a single sign or house in your birth chart. And you certainly do. I have a stellium in guess what sign? You have two stelliums. Oh. If you count, uh, I can't remember what the K Stands for, that's a thing. It's not a major thing, but it's a thing. Okay. Um, it's not Krypton. I can't remember. Well, it's a you, thing. It's if you look thing. at planet positions over here, you can see that I very clearly have a Gemini stellium. Okay, sun, okay. My sun sign is... I'm a, I'm You're a, a son of a gun. I'm a Gem, Gemini sun and moon, but I also have Gemini and Mercury and Jupiter. Okay. So, so you're both delivering messages and fighting wars. Well, yes, all of that, obviously, clearly. Well, I know from personal experience, but I'm just trying to help the people understand you. Well, some people that have some traits of people with the Gemini stellium. And you don't have, your stellium could be in something to, besides your sun sign. Like, you could be a Capricorn with an Aries stellium. Like, there's, it doesn't have to be related to your sun sign. Mine happens to be. Oh, you're hot shit. For people with Gemini stellium, communication is my playground. Mm, that's evidenced by how often you lie to me. Oh, now. It's okay. I've worked in communication for a long time. I'm not bitter about it time. any longer, but I'm not pleased by it either. Um, I'm highly adaptable. I have a life filled with varied interests and social interactions. People with Gemini stellium are fair-minded and open-minded. It gives me an amazing and open mind, and I don't pass judgment on another person's belief system. Unless their name is Leo. No. That would be me. You'd like to judge me a little bit. Not on your belief system. Well... Maybe on your actions. Let's be... Let's be loose in that definition. A little loosey-goosey. Yeah. Anyway, I just have found it so interesting to look at the different positions of planets and constellations and how that energy is reflected in basically your personality, your experience of life, those types of things. Well, I have a hot take. Wait, can I tell you one thing about your son, Nico? Yes. His rising sign is, guess what, Leo. I think this is why you guys... Hitler. This is why there's like a lot of like dominance fight for dominance energy between you and Nikos because you're both you have a Leo sun sign he has mm-hmm. a Leo rising Leo's ruled by the sun like to be the center I don't like to be the center you like to be the center I like to interrupt you that's different <laughs> and Nico strangely enough likes to interrupt me too oh, well How he likes to interrupt everyone yes I only like to interrupt you oh okay <laughs> I'm sorry, what were you going to say? I have no idea now. It's gone already? What, what, what was I saying? Where was I? Well, we were talking about stelliums and about how I do or do not pass judgment on you and your belief system. It's gone. It's gone now. Okay. We all remember for a future episode. Maybe I won't. Maybe no one cares. Okay. I care. Mm. I'll put it in the notes as I You put it in the do. notes that you care? I'll put whatever it is that comes to your mind in the notes as I... Always you do. do. You when do you put, say, when put, it I say, put it in the notes. Put it in the notes. You do most of the time. I feel like there's some things you're like, <laughs> yeah, and in the notes he never sees. If I may, that's not true. We do see that. You don't like some of the things I want to say. Well, to that point, to that, to 
expand upon that. You're going to edit this whole episode down to 10 minutes? <laughs> no, not hardly. Um, we often are thinking of Awesome Today, fam. Yes. And to the point where throughout talk the about week, them. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Throughout the week, there's, you know, put this in the notes. Which should we talk about this on the show? Like, it's it's always there on our mind that yeah. we have this community of, of friends who happen to listen to us talk for over an hour every there week. There are babies. Okay. Kind of. C-section. It all comes back. Well, there you go. Hope you're all happy. You scarred Meg. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> What? Where, that was it? You didn't have anywhere else to go? That's it. I felt like you were building up to a massive... No, that was it. ...expulsory pinnacle of... I brought it. ...delight and profundity. Profundity. I like is it. Is that a word? It should be. You don't think it is? I think it could be. I think it should. It is. I think it is. All right. I almost said shit is. But <laughs> I think it is. Okay. I think it's some shit. Okay. So you're done. You're you're giving me all the verbal cues in a damn episode. Yeah. It's a good day. It's a good week. Who knows what's next? Mm-hmm. Whatever comes next. It can be an awesome today, and it should be, and I hope you have one, would you? Please do. Right. Bye-bye. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.